a little, I was a little struck when um, Zani said trial and error because I feel like that's sort of the ethos of what first year is supposed to be like. Yeah. Um, but it, when I was there, it don't, didn't feel like that. It felt more like a trial by fire <laughs> situation. <laughs> Hello, NYUAD community. Thank you for tuning in to the first Reach podcast episode of Fall 2021. This episode is dedicated to our now not-so-new first-year class, where we'll be discussing some of the mistakes we made, missteps we took, and failures we overcame in an effort to show you some of the very common issues that arise not only from the first-year experience, but university life as a whole. So, join me as we dive headfirst into the failures of our respective first-year experiences. But before we do so, let me introduce the star-studded Reach cast who'll be sharing some of their favourite memories of that time. I guess, starting with me. I'm Lachlan, and perhaps not my favourite, but certainly one of my most memorable moments was getting stranded on top of Jebel Jaius in Ras during the first fall break, which was the site of the world's longest zipline, which obviously exists because of the UAE's obsession with breaking world records. There was some miscommunication on my part with the government-associated shuttle bus, and I realised a little too late that the shuttle could not come to the top of the mountain, an over two-hour walk from the actual pickup site. In our sprint down the mountain, so many concerning thoughts were racing through my head, the scariest of which was tomorrow's international headlines would read, 10 students from various countries freeze to death after stranding themselves on the UAE's tallest mountain. I was making con contingency plans, of course, thinking about how we could split up the group if we were forced to hitchhike down. But luckily, the uh, shuttle driver patiently waited for us, despite it being way over the scheduled time, and we all had an awesome nap on the way back to the hotel. And our next Reach member, hailing from Nigeria, also had a bit of a misadventure. My name is Moyo, and my favourite memory um, from my first year was when my friends and I, we made an impromptu decision to go watch the sunrise after watching a horror film. And then, yeah, we went on a long walk around like 4 a.m. And then we just hung out and had fun, had like very warm conversations. So the sun rose and that was pretty fun. And then we decided to walk back to campus and we got lost in the middle of the highway, which was pretty frustrating, especially because I got like very tired because like I'm not the fittest person in the world. So I was just sweating and heaving until we finally got to campus and then we had breakfast and it was a pretty fun time. But next time, we'll just take a cab. I'm not the fittest person either, Moyo. And I can tell you from personal experience that you're not the first group who thought they could make a long, early morning trek back to campus. Also with an all-nighter story, we have our next member, who comes from the United States. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Milka, and one of my favorite memories from first year was when uh, a group of friends and I stayed up all night watching the, um, the Netflix show Shadow and Bone during Ramadan, uh, and we pulled an all-nighter doing that, and we're able to go to Sohor and get breakfast and it was just such a wonderful time full of joy and warmth and laughter with my friends and I really treasure that memory. All-nighters were also a pretty big part of my first year experience but they were more so a necessity from my homework procrastination rather than an excuse to have fun. Next up we have another American Reach member, Sanam. My favorite memory from first year is celebrating birthdays on campus. My sister had a birthday um, during spring semester and it was really nice being able to be with her at midnight and just be able to be with her friends and like ordering magnolia pudding and cake and yeah. I think birthdays on campus have always had the power to bring people together. 
So naturally, that leads us onto our next REACH member who also happens to have a birthday story. Hello, I'm Sophia. I'm Mexican, but I've lived most of my life in the United States and I was born in Canada, so kind of all over North America. And my favorite memory from first year was when I finally got sick of there being no good Mexican food here in this city, I decided that I should probably just cook my own. And it happened to also be one of my friend's birthdays. So we decided to make it a big like surprise and cook food and then surprise him with the full home cooked meal and then also make a lot of really nice brownies, vegan brownies. So it was a really, really nice experience to kind of feel like I was back home cooking with all these familiar ingredients and then being able to present this huge feast for all my friends of just the food that I like the most and then of course end the night with brownies. So it was just a really great experience and something that I will always cherish, just that big family dinner even while at university. Wait, so you're telling me that marketplace Mexican isn't good Mexican food? Had me fooled. Up next, we have a REACH member who calls Palestine home. I'm Dania and my favorite memory from first year was a PE class I took where we were basically running out on the roads and I think what felt special about that memory was that like I grew up in Abu Dhabi so these are roads that I've only like drove past my whole life and it, it for some reason it felt very exhilarating to be like, running on those roads and also the people in the class were great it was great conversations and so yeah that was my favorite memory I don't know about that, Danya. I'm immediately suspicious of anyone who would voluntarily run on the sweltering, humid roads of Abu Dhabi. Here to tell you about his first year, we have another Palestinian slash Jordanian who grew up in Saudi Arabia. Hello, this is Bara. Um, so I don't have a particular memory that I would call a favorite, rather a group of memories. So my favorite memories are those, uh, like are those nights that I spent with my friends, uh, where I would practice like new card games. Uh, I'd also like learn a few board games with them and we'd watch a couple of movies. Uh, we'd usually like spend the weekends doing that, like the weekend nights, uh, if we didn't go out. And yeah, honestly, it was a really fun time. Sometimes it really is just the weekly activities that stick with us rather than any one moment. Also to talk about a regular activity she got up to in first year, we have our final REACH member. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Georgia. I call Wales home, um, particularly a town called Merthyr Tydfil, um, which is in South Wales um, of the UK. And I think my favourite memory from first year is renting bikes um, from the bike share programme and cycling around Sadia to getting to know this island that we call home. Um, and along the way, just finding like small beach areas. Um, and we went swimming and then we biked home and then going to D2 for a nice hot chocolate. Um, yeah, this was in January, so it was a bit chilly. Um, and yeah, I just like having fun exploring with my friends. Um, and I know that's hard to do these days. So finding small ways that we can do it here in Abu Dhabi. And we wrap up our introductions on that really lovely and relevant note. Now, we're going to move on to some of the smaller group discussions we had of failure in our first years. I gave each of the groups some prompts about their experiences, specifically revolving around the topics of academics and their social lives. Okay, so I'm here with two other REACH members, a fellow senior in Danya and a sophomore in Milka, and we're just here to share some moments that we're not necessarily the most proud of, um, of our first year. Yeah, so I can go ahead and start. Um, 
I remember, so I'm a sophomore, and my freshman fall was spent back home in the U.S., and it was a really rough schedule for me. And in terms of what I'd consider an academic failure, um, especially with that as my introduction to college, it was a really rough period of time for me, and I was taking um, one class, statistics for the social sciences. Um, and the professor was doing recordings online, and, man and part attendance was not mandatory um, and so when I was dealing with transitioning to college with having my classes literally be all through the nighttime from like 12 to 6 a.m. Um, and not being able to see my family as often it was honestly a really low mental uh, I was it was yeah. I was in a really low uh, mental place at that time and so I wasn't able to participate in statistics I wasn't able to bring myself to do the homework assignments or do well on the tests or even with the stata assignments that we had it was just so complicated for me and I wasn't able to wrap my mind around it mm -hmm. and so I ended up failing the class and that was really rough for me and especially with it as, as a requirement so I knew I had to take it again and so I did in the spring um, and I was really grateful because I really liked the professor much better and with part with participation being mandatory attendance being mandatory cameras had to be on it was a much easier experience even though all of freshman year was zoom for me mm -hmm. um, but learning to grow past that failure was something really hard and especially in your first year when you feel like you have to it is a period of like it is a period of figuring yourself out and figuring out what you want but at the same time to go from for me personally it was I came from like high academic standing in high school and I was very proud and now my GPA is lower than I would like um, as a result of that and other things that happened throughout freshman year yeah I think um Similar to similar to your point, Milka, um, I think during first year, I realized I. I think I realized too late that I kind of needed to relearn how to study, because the system that I had during school, um, was just very different from how things were here, and what was to me kind of what was, especially hard about that was when you kind of want to learn something new. It is a lot of the time a process of trial and error. And there wasn't a lot of space for trial and error in terms of like, like how much time would I need to kind of relearn what works for me in terms of studying, how I need to study differently before you have like the next assignment or the next test or whatever. But yeah, I'm definitely thankful that for like the period of like first year grades not counting, but that doesn't, to me that didn't really remove the fact that it's really hard to kind of like find yourself not doing great, especially like as you were sharing like compared to where you, how, it almost made me like doubt whether I really was smart or like I really was kind of like a hardworking student or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I think just like very briefly on like the first year the grades not mattering, I still like, you know, you still feel like, you know, you come from a system where you, where all your grades mattered and so there's mm -hmm. still that sort of tendency to be like, well, I still want to do well and it's still maybe like a reflection on who I am as a person or um, something like that. So I, I remember very much having like a difficult time in first year just sort of getting through um, each of the assessments and m not kicking myself every time I didn't necessarily do all that well. Um, and I'm a little, I was a little struck when um, Zani said trial and error because I feel like that's sort of the ethos of what first year is supposed to be like. Mm. Um, but when I was there, it don't, didn't feel like that. It felt more like a trial by fire <laughs> situation, <laughs> right? Um, and um, yeah, I remember my biggest sort of like academic 
misstep was that I um I decided on the wrong major like quite early, and then by the time I had decided that I wanted to do computer science, which is the best major, <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 um, that I had already spent a year sort of like I felt like I had wasted my time completely, and um, you know all of the other people who had already started with computer science were already like many steps ahead of me, and so that just meant like especially in a very highly competitive space, like you know they were just like one step ahead of me in internships, one step ahead of me in like knowledge and classes and things like that. Um, but I think I'm glad that I spent that first year exploring. I made some of my best uh, first year friends in foundations of science, um, and you know I think it was without without that first year of realizing that I didn't want to do engineering or chemistry, um, I wouldn't be able to comfortably sit doing computer science now without, like, you know, with, with sort of like in that niggling fear that, you know, I, I chose the wrong thing. Um, so we've talked a little bit about sort of our academic stories. Um, is there anything perhaps like in other realms of your life, whether that be like social or mental, you feel like you could have improved on in first year? Yeah, so I think um, regarding the word failure, I primarily used to associate it with a lot of academic um, academic performances and how I'd perform as a student and the things I was supposed to be good at. But I think there is a lot to be said about the social failures and social missteps that we make, especially in our first year. Um, particularly with friendship, there was a case where I had accidentally disrespected someone's boundaries um, when I hadn't known they existed. And it hurts, um, it kind of hurts sometimes, honestly, when it's a friend that mm. like, you know, you're well acquainted with. Um, and when you accidentally do that and you don't mean to do that and as a result the dynamics naturally change it hurts but there is always i guess that period of loss that comes with freshman year and fleshing out your friend groups mm -hmm. because i think part of the failure is figuring out like who you want to keep close to you and mm -hmm. in that you're going to have friends that you lose so you know and, and it takes years it's not just like through freshman year it can happen through sophomore and junior and senior year but Initially starting out, it can be really hard when you think you found like, you know, people that you are going to hold on to, um, and then that that failure happens, and you know, you just you naturally drift apart. So that was a case for me. I mean, I think socially for me, um, one of the things that like sticks out um, a lot is sort of, especially in freshman year, coming from this rather like irreligious community in Australia, and then. I had like this phase in high school where I was very like militant atheist, like you know, following like Richard Dawkins and all the other like um, you know big name atheists out there. But um, I, I, you know, coming to this like like very like spiritual country with people from like all sorts of religions, I think I was a little bit intensive towards like sort of these religious differences. And I remember sort of coming to pick fights with um, with a lot of people whenever it came to like you know um, religious topics. And, you know, that, like, you know, I, I thought I was, like, you know, this smart person coming from this, like, you know, uh, place of, like, you know, oh, like, I'm just trying to, like, you know, educate people or, or like, uh, like, you know, I'm coming from just asking questions and, you know, trying to poke holes in other people's uh, thought processes. Growing up and maturing a little bit and actually talking um, to people who, you know, experience you know, spirituality and their religion every day. You know, I, I, you know, I hate to be that person to be like, oh, you know, now I have religious friends, so <laughs> I respect <laughs> religions. But it really was like that for me, right? And and so, you know, I, I think now when I come to like a religious talk, it's very much from a genuine place of curiosity, from asking questions. And I'm really glad that 
sort of like my friends who had to deal with it um, in first year were very tolerant of my intolerance. Yeah, I think, I don't know how, because encompasses a lot of <laughs> issues, not just social issues, but just my high school environment is very different from here. Mm. And so I realized time and time again, like even now in my senior year that like every single time I find myself in a, an environment that is very different from what I've been, from what I'm used to and what I've been like comfortable with, I learn a lot about myself. And I think coming here, I didn't realize this during my first year, but like much, much later, not just like limited to first year also, um, it just made me realize like my values and priorities then I think were quite different from now. So now reflecting back, I'm like, oh, I acted in ways that like I'm not super proud of now at all. I guess, yeah, that's just part of like the learning process, but. It's hard to think about it like that at the time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. like yeah. a lot of time I, w I wouldn't even be aware of it. Like, yeah, sort of like another realm of like social life is like family and going back home. And oh I think, you goodness, know, yeah. one, of the, <laughs> one of the themes of today's conversation has very much been this transition. One of the transitions is like literally not living at home for the very first time. Mm -hmm. In terms of first year, it was a tornado of a semester. Oh my goodness, getting adjusted to everything. And there were periods of time where I was very, very aware that I needed to call my family. But the mental state I was in, the emotional state or whatever mm -hmm. else I had going on with me at the time, like it just wouldn't allow me I was like in my head I think it also was like oh let me like get everything I need to get done first and then I can talk to my family yeah. but then the work <laughs> the workload yeah. never stops you yeah. always have something yeah. to do yeah. and so um, it was really just figuring out like how to call my family um, setting up like a not like a schedule but like times especially with time differences because you have to be mm -hmm. mindful of that um, so setting up times when it's best to call your family family members that you talk to like oh every so often but not like every day um, and like part of that for me was very much like I didn't want to worry my family because like I was constantly stressed and the only things that I would have to talk about are like, oh, like, you know, how's boss going? Like, oh, not well. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, but then that like, you know, that's like constantly a thing, right? And so there's just never really a good time to, to call. Um, so I actually kind of wanted to circle back to, I mean, like this also connects to mm. calling family, um, but when parents, uh, when family calls you and they, I think it's in terms of like expectations and like, oh, are you doing well in this? Are you making friends? Are you doing that? Um, but one thing for me, and this kind of circles back to your point about like interacting with religion and spirituality here was coming like from an Orthodox Christian community back home. Um, they wanted to be assured <laughs> that living, uh, being situated in a country such as this, that I would like keep hold to my faith, right? keep hold to my faith and keep hold to my religion and coming here um it's interesting because i think there are a certain scope of experiences and certain i think i guess things in life generally that you get a much better viewpoint on when you're outside of it and so being removed <laughs> from my family you know seven thousand plus miles away from home um i think i experienced a lot of religious disconnect and i would i remember like looking at my cross every day and being like what does this mean to me why was I wearing this? Was I wearing this because my parents told me to? And just investigating, I guess, the deeper origins of why I believed what I believed. Especially seeing everyone here so, like, greatly, I guess, tied to senses of spirituality. And, of course, it varies, like you said, Lachlan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and coming from a background just, uh, such as yours. But, you know, my parents my parents would call me. They'd be like, are you praying? Or have you found a church nearby? I'm like, 
yes, I'm praying. Sometimes I wouldn't pray, truthfully. <laughs> Sometimes, truthfully. Um, they'd be like, have you found a church nearby? Or, like, are you doing well? Is it, like... And I remember one specific question. They're like, do you feel pressured by, like, a lot... Like, being surrounded um, by a lot of, like, Muslim populations around you? I was like, not really. <laughs> not really. Everyone follows their own thing. They don't necessarily, you know, peer pressure someone else into doing it. But there are, I mean, living here, there are experiences that you kind of go through, like Ramadan, right? Um, and just expectations with that. A thanks to Milka and Danya for opening up about their first year experiences. I'm going to pass it over to Sanam now, who led our next conversation. What failures did you experience in your first year? For me, I think one of the biggest failures was when I got placed into pre-calc for, like, on the math placement test. Because it felt like the world was going to come to an end because like, it ruined like my whole four-year plan. Because I'm very much of a planner, so I have every single thing like in place, like what I'm going to do in senior year, junior year. So, And it really like messed everything up like for my pre-med track because like, it's really hard to get into medical school as an international student. So I already felt like I was already failing before actually like starting uni because like, it was before um, the semester started. So yeah, that was pretty hard on me. And... As for making the right academic choices, I think I tried my best, like, asking advice from, like, upperclassmen and people who had already graduated on, like, what to do. So I kind of just, like, tried to fine-tune my four-year plan with... Because, like, I couldn't, like, change the um, the decision, right? So I just decided to just move on and just, like, put in my best and just work really hard just to make sure everything... Yeah, I actually relate to that, Moyo. So I personally also kind of lost a study away. Because of the, I could have gotten two study ways, but instead I'm only getting one because I, uh, I didn't place into the math level that I would have liked to. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't call that my biggest academic failure. My biggest academic failure would have probably been when I, so in my first week of classes here, I, I made a silly decision uh, of going to sleep at noon. And I had not memorized my schedule yet. So I assumed that, you know, the day had ended for me and that I had finished all of my classes in the morning. But it turns out I had a lab that afternoon and it was an important one because we had a quiz, which I missed and was not able to redo. And so I had to like work really hard in this class to be able to compensate for that. That sounds really, really difficult. Um, I am resonating right now with the math placement test. I've shed so many tears over that test. Um, but which is kind of weird because now I'm an SRPP major, so none of it ended up mattering. <laughs> but I did take two math electives with this SRPP major. So I would say that one of my academic failures is I was really pursuing pre-med. And the math placement test really made me feel frustrated about it. And then online classes also made me feel frustrated. And I don't know now that I'm making the right choice in not doing pre-med and doing SRPP, but I'm going with it. Um, and I've used a lot of my electives up already <laughs> as a sophomore. <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, honestly, these major doubts, uh, I had the same thing. I mean, until now, actually, like all through first year and so far until now, I'm still doubting whether computer engineering was the right choice for a major for me. Uh, I've, because like, especially back home, uh, everyone was kind of against it for me. So it's really hard to like, make the decision. And to be honest, yeah, I still have no idea if it's the right one. What is an alternative for you? So I was originally considering doing bioengineering as sort of a pre-med track, um, but then I didn't know if I really wanted to do medicine, although there was a lot of pressure from home definitely about that. Uh, 
in the end, I decided to do this just because I kind of like coding. But honestly, like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, I know for sure that this is what I want. Mm. I wonder if we ever figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, were there any social missteps you took? Yeah, I think I made many social missteps because I kind of struggled, like, fitting in, like, with this, like, big change from high school to college because, um, like, I do struggle, like, with social anxiety and, like, just being shy generally. So I think there was this one time I went to a party and I only knew one person, which in hindsight was really dumb <laughs> because, like, I knew I shouldn't have gone because, like, there was only one person. I just knew because, like, personally just knowing myself and the places I'm comfortable in, I kind of knew in the back of my head that I shouldn't go because I knew I wouldn't have fun. But then I'm like, I really want to, like, live this college life that I, like, you know, <laughs> I want to feel like I'm in college and I'm doing these, like, spontaneous, crazy things. But, like, I hated it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I just wanted to go back home and I was like, I, I go back to campus. And then, but I'm kind of glad it happened because now it, it's made me, like, be more selective of the places that I put my energy into instead of saying I want to go here because I think this is what will give me the vibe. But now I just spend time with people that I'm really close and I genuinely enjoying spending time with, even if it's, like, just two people. Because I also have this misconception that I needed to have, like, these group things. But now I'm okay if it's just, like, the very, very, like, few friends that I have. My biggest social misstep was probably with my friends back home. I found it difficult to maintain the distant connections since I left. Um, mainly because, you know, they were through social media and there wasn't this real connection. Uh, additionally, I was trying to make friends here, so it was hard to, like, focus on both lives. But uh, it was really sad that I found myself losing a lot of my connections from high school. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I wasn't able to regain a lot of them. Um, one of mine was that I just signed up for a lot of things, which could be good. But it did mean that I didn't get to, like, put as much energy into my social life, I think. And I was always just, like, busy doing other things. Um... And I similarly struggled, as Moyo said, like, I am someone who very much has a few close friends, and coming here, it seemed like this whole, like, very big group, friend group thing is very normalized and uh, visible on campus, and so when I didn't have that, and when I don't have that, it feels a little bit strange still to compare myself to everyone else, but at the same time, like, all the beautiful memories I had last semester were with one or two or three people, and not more, so... I think just like embracing that was very hard for me to do and something I'm still definitely doing. Is there anything you would have changed about the way you approach first year? Definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, uh, well, I, I definitely study harder for the math placement uh, and probably try harder on my like connections with high school because yeah that, that that was a serious blow for me sadly um other than that i'm not entirely sure i mean i feel like a lot of those failures kind of made like room for growth in other areas so i wouldn't necessarily hope like i wouldn't necessarily undo them um but yeah i think i would try not to let my fear like robbed me of opportunities because I think that's definitely something I let happen to me like in first year like so many things I should have gotten to do earlier I just didn't do them because I procrastinated not because like you know out of laziness but just because I was scared to like 
I would take like 10 days to send one email because like I'll just be super stressed about it and keep on like putting it off. So I definitely think I'll just learn to just like do things. Because like I've noticed that like when I do do these things, like they do come back to me. Like my effort just like it does manifest. So I'll try to like not let fear like really overcome me so much anymore. I think I was doing this weird balance in my first year of like exploring, but also trying to do pre-med. And honestly, I would just commit to the exploring more. Which is hard because in STEM, you, STEM kind of, you kind of do have to take those foundational classes first. But I did have space because I, I mean I didn't make it in the math placement test, so I wish I kind of just like took more theater classes because now I don't know maybe maybe I'd be good at theater, but I haven't taken enough classes to know. Um, and I also think that I am was and am not still that was not direct correct grammar but don't know how to talk to my professors properly especially when I don't see them in person (laughs) and so like maybe normalizing that more in my first year and like normalizing going to office hours because when I did like it was nice and I got to know the professor more and they got to know me more but now I'm back to a pattern where I don't necessarily go to office hours and I think just like also just accepting like that things take time I feel like I was trying to rush into some friend groups, rush into like majors, rush into all these things, but Mm -hmm. just slowing down and understanding that like I may not find my fit, but I will at some point. What lessons have you learned that continue to apply as an upper class student? I feel like the biggest lesson that I personally learned um, was that I shouldn't really be, you know, setting these standards for myself that I need to fulfill, you know, just let myself grow at my own pace. Uh, because what I found myself doing a lot in my first year was I would like put all those things on my to-do list like oh I want to do this I want to join that I want to I don't know what and in the end it just got hard and overwhelming to be honest and so a lesson I learned was you know just do a thing or two you know make sure you're good at them and then maybe move on to something else but just give your time give yourself the time that uh, you know you need to explore your interests I guess yeah, I 100% agree. I think just, like, I'll, the word I'll use is, like, the, the word I use, like, to not compare myself to other people, and I just think it's very easy. I didn't realize how small of a campus this was either. Um, I was very excited when I applied about the small campus, but it, it is small, in the in especially when you're looking at, like, this attitude of comparison and how easy it is to compare grades and compare social life to other people. So that's a lesson I'm learning and learned yeah i think for me as well i've like the lesson i've learned is not to compare myself to other people i think especially socially because i've not really been the type to compare myself academically but the socially one is kind of like a big problem so yeah that's something that i've really like learned and i try to hold on to like all the time do you still make mistakes (laughs) of course (laughs) A lot of mistakes as well. I mean, my whole major could be a mistake. I still don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Jeff and I still make mistakes. Yeah, me too. Just Lots. today I didn't finish my readings before class, so <laughs> what can you do? And on that note, we reach an end to today's episode. I think the main thing we wanted to get across to any of you first years still listening is that failure is not a unique experience. Whatever blocks you're stumbling over, whatever challenges you're facing, you have an entire community who can, if not relate to, at least sympathise with you. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to us today. 
We'd love to hear back from any of you about any feedback, concerns, or ideas you had about this podcast. So please reach out to us at the email link we have in the description. In future episodes, we're also planning to have a segment where we respond to the community. So if you had any questions about student mental health, send those over as well, and we'll try our best to answer or get an appropriate professional on board to respond. Also, keep an ear out for future podcast episodes. We have a jam-packed end-of-semester mapped out with an upcoming episode on men's and mental health and another on navigating socioeconomic and financial inequalities on campus. Catch you next time. Thank you.